Hello guys and welcome to another episode of our podcast in Mindsight. Today is a very special episode because we have our very first guest on, Hannah. Um, I would suggest just tell us something about yourself, tell the people about your persona. Well, hello everyone, I'm Hannah Hogan and uh, currently I'm in Maastricht because I'm studying psychology here in the Netherlands, beautiful city, can only recommend. And uh, yeah, this is my first podcast ever, so I'm also really excited about it. And uh, yeah, I hope you can learn more about me. That's already a very nice introduction. I think we can start out with how we even got you on the episode. Like, what is our connection to you? <laughs> um, Hannah and I have been friends since like the last two years of high school that's <laughs> already quite some while <laughs> time flies by and yeah we stayed in contact afterwards and <laughs> kind of got into the whole blogging business and stuff at the same time too and well <laughs> that's how we ended up here we asked her whether she wanted to be part of an episode and she gladly accepted <laughs> So, yes, of very course. nice to I have mean, you here. I can only join this wonderful podcast. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, as I already mentioned, you have a blog. Maybe you want to tell us more about that one. Yes, so my blog is called The Fort Venture. And um, yeah, basically, at the beginning, I wasn't really sure what to write about. because So I basically wrote about everything that I thought was kind of important. So anything from psychology, biology, fitness. Um, but actually, recently, I decided to go more into the philo philosophy direction. And uh, yeah, basically like just <laughs> pick some principles that I'm interested in or some writing or a quote or whatever. And then just let go of my thoughts about it and venture them. That's well, what the title is all about. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah, nice. sounds amazing. We will put a link to your blog in our description so that people check, can check it out. And yeah, I, I think what you're doing is quite amazing and like quite, uh, yeah, high, high level in the sense of <laughs> thinking about stuff. So quite philosophical already. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can also find her on Instagram, also linked in the description. <laughs> Yes, not and too active right there, but uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Stuff changes. Don't we'll use see. your social we'll media, see. guys, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into, I think, let's get into psychology then first. Well, why psychology? What is psychology aiming to do <laughs> when you're studying it? <laughs> What are your key takeaways? That that's a very difficult question, I know. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> Putting you into the spotlight, but I, I can just go on. What, what, why is that your passion? Well, well firstly, why? Um, I I had a lot of stuff to choose from because I just have so many different interests, and it was a bit hard for me to choose just one to study. Especially here in the Netherlands, you can't really study like more than one thing. Like you can't have a minor, like you can have in Germany or other countries. Uh, so I really had to decide. And um, well, I just thought psychology basically brings it all together. So especially here in uh, my curriculum, we work a lot with neuroscience and biology, which is something I'm also really interested in. And um, 
well, I just, I'm amazed by the human mind and by humans in general. But, uh, well, I'm also into fitness and sports and I'm just really, really amazed by what humans are capable of and also what the human mind is capable of. So I thought, why not study it? And then later on, I can connect it with other interests, such as philosophy or sports. That is very diversified. <laughs> um, when when you're talking about neuroscience, um, is there, or is in general, is there any principle that really astonished you that <laughs> we should know about? Well, what I think is really interesting is, well, just to know and to keep in the back of your mind is that your mind is constantly changing. And as with any other aspect of the body and your health, it's what you put in and what you do with it determines how it is and what the structure is. And I once saw a TED talk, which was really, really amazing. And uh, the title, I think, was what 60,000 brain scans taught me. And the takeaway was, <laughs> you're not stuck with the amazing. brain you have. And hmm. well, that's, just, that's just amazing. Like, I mean, people are often, I think, thinking that, uh, you know, well, I have this body, I don't know, I have these conditions, and I can't really get out of it. I'm just a lazy person. I'm just this kind of person. But that's actually not really true. And with everything you learn, there's actually neuroplasticity going on, just with learning. Hmm. That kind of reminds me of <laughs> habit forming and stuff <laughs> when it comes to productivity. Right. Um yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, you, I guess you can change yourself in small steps <laughs> if you want to, <laughs> if it's not a, a big addiction. <laughs> well, also then, I suppose. <laughs> well, then you should change back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Sure. That's true. Um, yeah, man, <laughs> I feel like that first interview is quite, I don't know more too, too much of an interview instead of a conversation <laughs> yeah well then how, how what we... about you guys what do you think of the mind like i mean you you study physics yes. and uh yeah what is like your connection <laughs> well, I study physics <laughs> yes, and you know, philosophy, studying you know physics. what's going on there <laughs> in the mind yeah 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 the mind <laughs> i i don't know it's a it's a like this this Wednesday no this Tuesday no it was Wednesday this Wednesday I had a philosophy lecture about like how life and stuff all came about and forming and stuff and what are the likelihoods and <laughs> all of that and it's been very astonishing to me again to kind of see <laughs> how different coincidences and uh, very unlikely things kind of build upon each other um with the laws of physics we get molecules and <laughs> uh, other different chemicals um only at specific temperatures and stuff which are again combined in very unlikely processes in uh, the beginning of the earth to form the first kind of cells and life which again evolved over billions of years into um multicellular uh, organisms and stuff into apes <laughs> into humans with minds that enabled them since a few 
thousand years to reflect about themselves <laughs> and the universe <laughs> and kind of rebuild that structure. I think the human mind is something very, yeah, interesting and amazing <laughs> that, yeah, I guess we can't, can't yet grasp. Um, and in that sense, I also just came up with a question like, do you think we will be able to, like in science or psychology, um, neuroscience, we will be able to find out what the brain is all about? Because at the moment we are struggling still a bit. Or is there some sort of metaphysical <laughs> thing inside the brain that we just can't grasp with science? What, what What's the current standpoint there? <laughs> I know you're in like your second semester too. No, so. it's, it's fine actually, I think. Um, I mean, I will be able to tell you a bit more about it uh, next year because I think we have a few courses on like consciousness and these things. But would love to have you back on the podcast. If you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very happily. This has been it for this week's episode. <laughs> Join in next week. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, so um, I mean, in the past few centuries we've come very very far in um, determining what the brain is all about because we have neuroimaging actually here in Maastricht we have a, a nine tesla fMRI scanner which is one of two in the world yes I'm advertising no it's cool it's just <laughs> I really like it yeah those are strong magnetic fields yes and um, can confirm as a physicist <laughs> Yeah, and you can see like really good the structures of the brain and we're getting better at experimenting and there are new methods coming up. So it's getting better and better at really knowing what certain brain areas are for and what they do and also like help curing diseases or what their um, involvement in certain diseases is. But um, yeah, your question about the metaphysics, um, you know, there's all this stuff going on with, you know, building a mind from computers and all of that. Mm. And honestly, I'm just not a really big fan of it because, well, as I said, I study psychology because I'm amazed by the human mind. And I think, well, it's already pretty amazing. Why do we need to give it like to some <laughs> machines? I mean, we have it. And um, yeah, so, you know, slavery and stuff. Yes, we can do the awesome things. <laughs> they do the, <laughs> right. the computer stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, no. Yeah, we... I, I personally do think, especially even more now since I've studied psychology, because you know you learn, especially here with all the biology, you learn about all these brain parts and what they do. But then you also have like your subjective experience of yourself, you know, your self-reflection, how I see myself, and it's just not getting in my mind how to combine those two. Like I honestly cannot think what I'm doing right now, what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> It is just a bunch of biology stuff working together. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it's a difficult question of how you could assess that. I mean, there are different philosophical theories about that. Also out there, I don't want to annoy you with that. Um, what I'm also just like thinking about right now is <laughs> some videos I saw a few, few months ago of... A person being um, operated on on their brain um, surgery and stuff and they kind of took electrical signals um, uh, they were doing scientific research there too uh, electric signals uh, into into the brain <laughs> attaching some some uh, how are they called uh, anodes cathodes whatever 
<laughs> and they made that person's leg and arm move like with their open brain surgery. And when that person, which was still conscious, um, you don't feel anything when somebody touches your brain as there are no like sensory nerves or whatever the word there for is. The person was still conscious and when asked whether that person just decided to move their arm and or their leg, yeah, they said, yeah, I did so freely on my own will. <laughs> Whereas actually somebody from the outside influenced their brain. Um, which kind of, I don't know, that could be in support of its... It's kind of a that it's kind of a deterministic thing from physics and biology and stuff. Um, another question there would be: um, Do you know Neuralink from Elon Musk? I know it from hearing. I'm not. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know it in detail. Yasin, I think you're an expert <laughs> on that one. Go ahead. <laughs> well, not an expert exactly, but um, I think hey, you're, last the, you're, year, the, actually... you're the computer guy. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just because I've been programming now, and now I'm the IT guy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, well, the thing is, I think last year Elon Musk like did a public presentation of Neuralink where he tested it on, I think mammals and no, no, I, I he tested it on pigs, I think. And he was able to like pigs implant the chip. Smart. Yeah. And he was able to implant the chip and I don't know, do some stuff with it and then uh, get the chip out of the pig's brain and the pig was still like behaving the same. And he kind of did that to prove that the chip was safe, basically, which, you know, of course, many people are skeptical because they don't actually want like a machine to put a chip in their head or electrodes because it's not, it's, it's not exactly a chip. <laughs> um, but honestly, I, I'm not that informed in detail about the chip and what exactly what, it does. What? Although I, I know what, what the objective is planning on doing to, with it. Right. So the objective is basically to help people with Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or, um, maybe people who can't move certain parts of their body and to help them with that chip to be able to speak again, to move their legs again or whatever. And I think there was some experiments done where it actually worked. But of course, you know, people are very skeptical and, it's not quite sure what the long-term effects may be. And I think there's also the risk of you don't really know, um, or at least some people are scared of the fact that it can be controlled by someone that shipped <laughs> like remotely. And <laughs> as you said, people don't really, can't really differentiate between them doing something because of their free will and somebody else controlling them. And that could be really a big problem. It's quite scary, actually. That, that's true, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think about that uh, that issue, Hannah? I mean, like, do you think that it's a, it's a feasible idea? Or are there other methods of curing those diseases with medication and stuff? Well, just firstly, for the beginning, I would like to say that um, even though I personally just think that or feel like it's really unimaginable that it's all just biology, I am pretty close to being convinced that it is. Because it's just, you know, <laughs> that's basically what mm -hmm. I do. And it's the research we do. And uh, yeah, so that what you said, it just makes sense. You know, you, you touch the brain and you put electrodes in and it leads to a certain outcome. You know, if, if, you if you put electrodes in the motor cortex and you get the response. And it's just really interesting that uh, they're like, think it's their free will. But yeah, it's <laughs> a whole other topic of free will. 
But with Neuralink, yeah, yeah. well, to me, it sounds, I mean, I'm not an expert now, but uh, to me, it kind of sounds just like basically any other kind of brain stimulation, uh, which we mm -hmm. do a lot. And there, um, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of new research about it. Like there's also, we just learned about optogenetics, where you basically put light sensitive proteins in cells so that uh, when you basically shine a light of a certain wavelength uh, on a cell, like on a neuron, um, it gets excited and fires. And yeah, so basically it's all about getting neurons in certain areas of the brain to fire and then you get certain outcomes. And especially with things like speech and motor movement, it's pretty easy actually. Well, speech is more difficult, but motor movements, because like in, in your cortex, it's kind of outlay, there's like a um, an outlay like the body. So you have like your hands and your fingers and your arms. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty easy to, you know, just excite the right spots and... I'm, I am actually hopeful that things like these, like brain stimulation and also implanted brain stimulation can help people with diseases. Because for things like Parkinson's, there's not really a cure out there. Like it's really far from it. <laughs> and because yeah. well, the cause isn't disease. even known and we just have neurons dying, neurons that are really, really important. And um, yeah, if something could keep them from dying or keep the ones that are still there um, from... Or replace them. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, it's just really, really hard to replace them. And actually there have been like um, transplants of like fetal brain tissue. So uh, stem cells are mm -hmm. still like growing and it worked for a while, but then it didn't work anymore. So, you know, if Neuralink uh, manages to at least lighten the symptoms, then that's already a good thing. And I'm really, people are way too scared i think of being controlled by this whole thing like you can't control the whole person by putting a chip like somewhere it's just not working like you mm. need the whole brain to control yourself <laughs> it's just like a tiny chip you, you can you can make them punch themselves <laughs> in a very nice um bullying move <laughs> why no. do you punch yourself <laughs> no. um yeah Okay, okay, then you say we shouldn't be too scared of it. I think there was also um, a second part to the whole Neuralink thing of kind of trying to connect your mind to a computer. <laughs> yeah. um, do you see potential in that? Um, or let, let me start out. For me put, uh, personally, the potential in that lies in um, kind of Okay, we, we develop AI right now and sooner or later it will get from like the very specialized ones to the more general ones that can more or less compete with us. Like maybe in the next 100 years, maybe the next 200 years. And I, I see like the, pro the problem with AI is we don't know whether they want to eliminate us then or not or you know all those doomsday scenarios. And now if we have like Neuralink that can connect the human mind to a compu computer, let us communicate with a computer and that uh, the computer's uh, hard drive and stuff, we ourselves get a bunch more computing power <laughs> um, and safe space, so to speak, um, which enables us to kind of keep up with AI or, yeah, at least that, that could be the potential that also Elon Musk... Uh, advocated for i think though don't quote me on that <laughs> <laughs> well i think what people forget because like you said now a few times i think is that we you know keeping up with ai we create mm. ai 
Yeah. Those are machines. That you, we you know created. humans. We created atom, atomic bombs. You know, <laughs> we can stop uh, ourselves from doing stupid yes. shit. And we can't control them like Maya, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as I said in the beginning, I'm just not a fan of it. So, um, I'm more of a person that's in, um, in the field of you know. Why even do it? Because we and can, because we're curious, thinking, you know? <laughs> yeah. I know that's that's one of the best human features, being curious. But um, now we, we should have enough experience with things that work and things that don't work for, like, us and society and stuff, too. And before we just... <laughs> I think we're still very far away from, <laughs> from that ideal... <laughs> but we could have a lot, lot of knowledge if we just used it and thought about it and thought about it for the mm. future and not just as we did in the past just went straight ahead and figured stuff out later because well it might kill us in the end so yeah but again we're cautious about other countries developing that technology and stuff and <laughs> if you look at china china i don't think that they have any problems with going ahead with that one <laughs> no. at the moment that that's that's like one of those problems that we face nowadays. We can't cooperate <laughs> on big scale, on, on, on country scales. We can already co cooperate more or less in one country, but no. no. <laughs> more or less. Yeah, but it's 50, getting 50. less and less, you know, that's... The, that's yeah, the yeah, okay, yeah, if you look at German politics and stuff. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to discuss it, you know. <laughs> I think that's quite controversial. Yeah. Um, so, you you'd put yourself more or less in a conservative position there, like just just keep it as we are right now and go on <laughs> as we used to, and not give sentience to computers. Yes, I mean, firstly, I don't think that they will may probably ever um, be like us. Uh, like, I mean, hmm. in order to really, really be like us, they we would just have to grow a brain basically the same as we have yeah, yeah. and there's still so right. much things like so so many things of the brain we don't understand i mean we do understand a lot you think it's a lot you know it's enough for like uh, 10 curriculums but <laughs> still it's it's like there are actually so many cells in the brain and we have no idea what they do like we always talk about neurons but there are so many mm. other cells and we like glia cells are what they're called and uh, there are different kinds and we mostly have no idea what they're even doing. I mean, we know that they give like nutrients and stuff, but they're also like they're really important in organizing brain structure, especially in like the growing brain. And yeah, um, we basically don't really know how they work, what they do and how important they are. Sure. Well, well I think. Go ahead. Yes. Can I, yeah, sure. I think. Um, one interesting thing is that we kind of underestimate how far AI actually is. For one, because we don't know everything, because many things are, are just not public. Um, but actually, when I was at the like vacation seminar, and there was a guy who was like working with doctors and stuff on a an artificial intelligence that could like help them in their practice and all that, and they actually managed to develop an AI that could like detect micro expressions in the human face and could even like analyze human voices and kind of derive from that what emotions that human is feeling and how to react to it 
and could really like differentiate between sadness and nostalgia and how much how big the percentage of like anger is in that and it was like very interesting and that was like two years ago and if you look at like the development of ai it really seems like it it's just it has just gone like hyper exponential in the last few years and especially if you look at the hype things (laughs) right (laughs) especially if you look like uh, at things such as how was it called AlphaGo and AlphaZero, mm. which are like uh, two AIs that were like I think also two years apart, and the difference between them, like the innovation between the two, is just is just amazing. Like I, I told you before, Elias. I don't know if you listened to that episode. Um, ah, right. Sorry, just got an <laughs> alert. Um, I don't know if you listened to that episode where we talked about like AlphaGo and AlphaZero in the like AI and humanity episode, but AlphaGo was like, bet like the world champion in Go, like I think it was, what was it? Four to one or whatever, or five to zero. Go is and some ancient then, Chinese game that's considered more or less one of the most difficult to, to master. <laughs> yeah. And Similar then just a few months, just a few months after, they kind of de- developed a new program, a new AI that bet AlphaGo 100 to 0. That's why it's called AlphaZero. And that was just, I, I think there was a time frame of like six months between the two. And that's just, you know, mind staggering. I think we, we highly underestimate what AI is capable of today and how bad we are at controlling it. Yeah, again, um, it's... It's very specialized still what AI is capable of doing. Like it can only do singular things of the whole human spectrum, (laughs) to put it that way. Um, The difficulty of AI is, or like uh, of advancing AI, if we even want to do that, is to make it general in the sense of that it takes over uh, multiple parts of what a human can do or even more. (laughs) So combining those things. Um, I think which I hope will not happen too soon. <laughs> I think the greater challenge is actually figuring out what we want and what we want to do with it, and yeah. how we want to integrate L- it. Because laws and stuff. Yes, I mean the, I mean what you just explained. You know, it's it's really far ahead, and um, mm. there's like technology will always advance. You know, like they they people will invent stuff, and we can't really say you know you quit inventing stuff now, please. But uh, <laughs> that's why we need to be one step ahead with with um, our idea of society and our philosophy and our laws to ensure that, uh, you know, that we can survive and, well, we will survive probably, but that uh, we will survive in a good way and that we maybe make us happier and uh, that um, the people that, I don't know, that their work gets uh, replaced by AI, that uh, there is something to do for them and that there is something like that... Uh, that they can do because <laughs> become AI researchers. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everyone can do that. That's just the no. thing. Like, it's not yeah, yeah. possible. But I mean, the thing is, the things that are like r- truly human. Well, I don't know if you can say it like that. But things that are really our outstanding qualities, at least that distinguish from us from animals, like creativity and innovation and all of these things. That's what is celebrated then, because that's what we need. Because that's well, a very long way from being AI being able to do that. I mean, okay, of course you can mm. give AI input and it will make a picture look like it's painted by Picasso. But 
at least I think there's a huge difference between a human painting a painting and an AI just putting a filter <laughs> on, basically. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, again, problem with those laws and stuff we need to come up with now. <laughs> we we want we want to be a step ahead, but we're at this moment still one step back because we not even tackled the current issues of humanity, climate change and stuff. <laughs> we right. still don't haven't solved those, which have been known for decades already. So. And cooperation again on those laws and stuff won't happen. But right. yeah, let's don't make this another AI episode. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Maybe just one last thing uh, you you just said, Hannah, about like creativity being uh, like a human thing. I mean, I, I agree uh, to an extent, but again, when they tested like AlphaGo and let it play against the world champion, what um, what like the judges soon realized is that AlphaGo played very creative moves that probably no other Go play in the world would ever play. And in that example, for example, or even chess, many times when AIs play against like actual people or world champions, even um, if if a move is very creative, judges can like already sense that this was probably an AI and not a human being. So, in, to some extent, creativity has kind of become the a characteristic of AI rather than humans. I think that's pretty. <laughs> that's kind of it's kind of scary to think about. It's just sad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, as, as okay. I said, just not a fan of it. Um, I mean, I think we're still really far from he reaching our full human potential, and we're actually mm. well. In one, we're kind of splitting up. Like, there's this whole. I don't know, fitness, uh, self-improvement, online movement stuff. And on the other hand, this complete <laughs> decay through this whole online social media stuff. So mm. I think we're really f still far from reaching our own potential. So, And the thing is, I think it will only get worse when we have computers that can do things that we do because then we have even more time that we can waste no, no. you know like <laughs> sure. humans humans have been around for let's say a million years the last fifty thousand years we've been trying to adapt to like small communities and groups and only the last 200 years or so we've been adapting to like big states and stuff and nations through in uh, industrialization so i i see the potential there too that we can evolve a bit more like this um although i also see the potential of like cutting ourselves loose from natural evolution and like <laughs> going into the gene manipulation world and uh, <laughs> neuroscience world which is all very scary uh, all, all very scary and uh, overwhelming but could also yield a huge potential for destruction too <laughs> Well, sure. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I just want to comment like what you said on the the group size and um, mm. we, because. Okay, you're the expert. Roast me. <laughs> no, but um, no, no roasting. Just uh, actually, we have we have a course history and uh, foundations of psychology right now, and one of the very first articles we wrote about was about group size, and some dude mm. did some calculations, uh, calculating like the perfect 
group size according to like our cortical volume because yeah it's actually you can see like from the um the size of the brain and animals like how what their group size is like there's some steady relationship and actually like the the perfect group size kind of for our brain size is 150 people well we are how many people on earth right now seven billion eight billion eight billion yeah <laughs> bit, bit too much <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but because like those are the people that you can through language and like language mm. as our social grooming kind of thing keep like track of and keep like a closer relationship kind of with. I mean, of course, like not a small village. Yeah, but it's like state. a small village, and that's where organization where everyone works. Knows everything about everyone. <laughs> yes, but you know that's how it works. When I when I look at my hometown, you know that on this level we could agree on stuff. You know, I don't know. Yes, we want our new swimming pool, whatever. But it's it's mm. easier, and uh, I mean there are already way more people, but you know in the neighborhood, but on nation level, it's just it's really really difficult. I mean, yeah, that was basically what was necessary the past <laughs> few thousand years i mean you couldn't pack more than 150 people into a tight space <laughs> nowadays through internet social media and all that stuff there are suddenly a few million people on one platform on following one twitter account of one raging president <laughs> <laughs> yeah very nice like in neuroscience, let's get back to, to a personal level here <laughs> instead of discussing uh, huge things. Um, you you said you were quite interested in neuroscience. Can you imagine yourself doing research there later or, or what are your plans there? <laughs> I, I could imagine uh, doing research there. Actually, I am at least currently, it might change, planning on uh, doing a master's in cognitive neuroscience here. I mean, that's still two years to go, but... Mm. Uh, yeah, as I said, Maastricht is a really good place for this. And um, yeah, so I could imagine myself doing research, however, not forever, because um, yeah, it's just, it's it's tedious, I think. And I like thinking about the bigger things, at least sometimes, or connecting them with, you know, biology. But, you know, research, I mean, it's the same in physics, basically, but your own way is only research a really, really small thing. Like it's tiny. Yeah, that's how it is nowadays. And then you get like your results. And even if you get amazing results, which you basically never do if you get something significant, <laughs> then you only found this tiny, tiny thing. And, you know, only once in, yeah, like a million people, basically, there's some huge thing that you can find and that actually mm. it turns around things. So, yeah. There will probably only be 100 people who read your publication. Yeah. <laughs> if I that even knows. get it. Uh, which are probably the people who work at your chair yeah <laughs> or in the same field which are not a lot yeah hmm. yeah that's is that's how science is nowadays there are not like those big known idols <laughs> like last one was probably at the first half of the 20th century like at least in physics it was that way like Einstein and all, all those people like the last big ones <laughs> and nowadays science kind of turns into those small small communities of many people like working together there and <laughs> on an issue yeah psychology kind of had the fast forward process because well, it was only founded in the end of the 19th century so um, 
before yeah. that you only had like natural philosophy. It was Freud, wasn't it? Uh, no, actually it was Wilhelm Wundt. But yeah, Freud okay. was after that and uh, well, he was, yeah, special. Let's say, let's say <laughs> that. <laughs> you could uh, psychoanalyze him. <laughs> oh, you could, you could. He has some problems. I think, <laughs> I think there are countless of uh, publications about that already out there, probably. In your community of psycholo psychology students and stuff, do you psychoanalyze each other? <laughs> uh, Is it a big self-help group? or? <laughs> yeah, to that I would say yes. Um, I mean, it has been one year of online education, so there is not that big of a community yet here. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, we're just normal students and, um, yeah, just leading our lives. But I think it gives you a different perspective, um, knowing what is actually going on and especially, you know, uh, knowing the biases that can happen. And it at least makes you think twice when, when you judge yourself or another person. And yeah, I think... What, what, are your, what are your personal gains already from studying psychology? <laughs> Did you come clear about something that you never thought about before or <laughs> that you didn't understand before? Uh, yeah <laughs> sorry for putting you in the spotlight again <laughs> um, that would just be a very interesting question to know or like an answer to know yeah yeah so in general i i did learn a lot um, just about you know the workings of the brain and um because before i think many people that that's a thing and Psycho in the field of psychology, which we really struggle with, which we just learn about in my courses right now too, is that basically everyone knows they th uh, thinks, geez, uh, thinks they know something about <laughs> psychology because well, you we all have a mind, we all have a brain, you know, like mm. physicists are seen as you know the real scientists because most people have no clue what they're <laughs> of talking about. Of course we about. are, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are you talking about? Of course, we're the real thing. Yeah, hey, come on. <laughs> Everything's based on us, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, so. A apart from chemists, that's that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I, I see I'm that uh, physics and your chemistry, it's it's different. That's true. But mm. still, it, it's, it's just a problem of psychology. Just people... Like, everybody thinks they know something about it. And, you know, when you start yeah, yeah. talking things... Like from weird online guru yeah. psychology books. Yeah. <laughs> and now you learn things that Life actually make stuff. sense. You know, like, we, ha we have a learning mm. memory course right now. And I can, for some things that are out there, like, you know, something uh, I think you wrote about in your blog, I'm not sure, like space repetition. And oh. <laughs> uh, like you, you learn about how to learn. Yes. Uh, like, psychologically. And wow, I can now awesome. understand why spaced repetition actually works like on a biological mm. level without ever even having talked about it so i think it gives you like a good basis i mean those are just like all the basic courses next year it's going to be better mm. to connect things and to understand things and to evaluate like things that you see on the internet or that people tell you about just because basically everything you hear is always kind of psychological you know all this advice is always make yourself happier make oh, yourself yeah. fitter this is how you change yourself Yep, when it comes to self-help, some taking everything with a grain of salt and science is very useful. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah and manipulating others and stuff yeah definitely <laughs> we actually have a master's here that's called manipulation so if anyone's interested what <laughs> nice what what can you do with that to go into the military or do some you know, penetration testing or <laughs> what do people do with that master something like advertisement um i, I don't oh, i'm not okay, exactly okay, sure yeah. what they do but i guess something like advertisement or diplomatics maybe mm. damn but if they do that really i don't know whether that's a <laughs> solid foundation for diplomacy like oh we take that man manipulation master science student there <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah yeah funny funny cool um yeah <laughs> let's maybe get into another topic of <laughs> what you're doing i suppose yes always um, <laughs> do you or, or do you have something you want to share you on your own i don't want you know i know you <laughs> and i i don't want to spill any anything out there into the public that <laughs> <laughs> that you might not be that comfortable with even though you said at the beginning that you are comfortable with everything uh you know i i am the master of manipulation so if you spill something i'll just take it all back in no <laughs> like a sponge or what <laughs> yes like a smart sponge <laughs> like a smart sponge um okay um you kind of got into um survival uh, bushcraft stuff <laughs> yes 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 um. and so that's a complete 180 degree turn in topic but i think it could be very interesting to see like we we already talked about like ai and all this stuff that's happening in the future let's get back to the basic back to the roots actually it what what got you into bushcrafting what's bushcrafting why why should everyone know about it and learn it and <laughs> yes maybe i can i can actually not make it a 180 degree turn because um okay go ahead. you know I yeah you had like some sort of school ted talk about yes that exactly that's what i'm getting at now <laughs> uh, so i want to write a blog article about it. it's like coming in a few weeks i think if i get down to write it but uh, mm. yeah as i said before when we talked about ai i'm not a huge fan of that and it's as i think i said you know it's uh, going to give us even more time to waste and i think we're already doing a lot of that and um, there are actually <laughs> like also some yes. philosophers out there you know you have like Uh, Henry David Thoreau and also like Alex de Tocqueville I don't know how you say his name but uh, basically saying that you know our modern society is kind of making us more unhappy because you know there are more choices we compare ourselves to more people I mean that was even sometimes like uh, like uh, a century ago or so uh, when this whole capitalism <laughs> thing came up and they realized that basically before you know you were stuck on your level and you compared yourself with the farmer next door but through capitalism mm. everybody became uh, like uh, had the opportunity to move up the social ladder so now you compare yourself with the king and damn your life looks way worse when you compare yourself with the king than if you just compare yourself with someone on the same level and i think nowadays with social media that's that's the same thing you know i mean it's not the same thing because those people they don't live these lives you know they're it's not perfect but it seems like it so You even compare yourself with something something that doesn't even exist, basically. 
and now to make the <laughs> yeah. the bridge check out our previous episode about all that stuff and imposter syndrome nice. you'll find it somewhere so i'm sure <laughs> go ahead i'm yes. sorry uh so that's why my idea or the idea of some people basically is to go more back to the basics and to live a rather simple life and not concern yourself with all these things well all of them because some things i mean i do use so well, some kind of social media and do use the internet i think it's very helpful if you know how to use it and if you use the, the things that make sense and try to stay away from the things that don't and also you know give yourself something to do every day and don't delegate too many things because that's why you know when you go back to bushcraft basically people back then like Neanderthaler, cavemen, people. <laughs> they had to, you know, most of their day basically was spent trying to get food, build shelter, build a fire, stay warm, stay alive. And, you know, actually getting food takes up a lot of time. And if your time is taken up with that, you know, you don't have too much time left to worry about things. And, you know, then also they usually had religion, so you, you have that part settled and, you know, you just hmm. talk about some gossip of your village and then that's fine so yeah I don't have to worry how i take my instagram picture in front yes. of my tesla in the best lighting possible mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so right. bushcraft basically is just going out in the woods and uh, yeah build, building yourself some shelter and making a fire and just disclaimer it's mostly illegal so yeah yes yeah, uh, here in Germany, more or less, yes. Yes. <laughs> Basically everywhere. In, in other countries, it's fine. I mean, if you do it by day and you don't make a fire, so. that's mm. fine. And um, don't, you know, I'm, I'm not an official or something, but uh, if you do, if you just go camping in the woods and please be careful and uh, be clean, don't leave any trash and then it's going to be fine. Like, Try. Usually, you wouldn't do bushcraft somewhere where there are a lot of people because that kills the fun, kind of. <laughs> That's not bushcrafting. Then. Yeah. <laughs> it's urban <laughs> crafting or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, if somebody catches you, just please be nice and, uh, yeah, explain mm. them what you're doing and don't get yeah, caught. Yeah, very nice. So, so, that's kind of your way of detaching from the modern human condition, conditional problems. Yes. It. If anyone yeah. has ever done it, like, it, or just try it, it, it feels really good. It feels <laughs> really, really good for a few days just to not look on your phone and to even don't feel the urge to look in it because you have so many other things that are going on around you and to enjoy. And you usually don't even have connections, so well, no use in checking anyway. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler, I already went on a small trip with her and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Even though I don't know whether that was 100% bushcrafting because we had a tent and stuff. But yeah, who cares? It was, it was quite nice in nature. <laughs> Next time yeah. building a shelter and no tent. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> when are you around here again? <laughs> oh, in two weeks. In the region. So. In two weeks. Well, I still got work to do, but in the summer holidays. We can certainly manage to <laughs> to do something like that again. Um, so maybe where okay, let's get back to yeah, you guys. On. So uh, do you guys have any way of kind of detaching from this whole social media or internet or whatever, like modern life? Let's call it that. <laughs> or do we even feel the urge to do so? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm I'm a start. Yes. Well, for me, 
for me a big part is just music you know playing piano playing the violin and stuff and fully agree with that <laughs> yeah it's just a great way you know just um just having like those big books with musical notes and all that and just playing the piano for hours on end or the violin or whatever and not having any electronics around you and you just feel like in the i don't know 18th century with your piano and your violin and you know nobody can contact you uh, that's pretty nice you and piano, you know <laughs> yeah well i don't have one so it's even even better for me but yeah i, th I think music is, is like the biggest part and of course if like the uh, the gyms open again or they're already open but not not in my city which is sad yet mm. um, but if they open again same thing you know just putting the phone airplane mode just for maybe listening to music or whatever and just kind of getting in the zone not caring about uh, anyone else in that moment for like an hour or an hour and a half and just yeah just being in the zone and not not being able not being able to be reached it's, it's just a great feeling yeah it is uh, quite similar to me it seems like it has to do something with that very rudimental needs that humans have kind of sports and and music i think is also something something that fits into that category like that yeah. <laughs> religion stuff you talked about um music was or like singing and stuff was certainly part of it back then and is still nowadays um for me personally, I also uh, enjoy really playing the piano, zoning out a bit. <laughs> just if it's even just playing, I don't know. If it's not even practicing, if it's just playing something I already know. Um, other than that, um, like with, with my new consulting job and stuff, I'm quite stressed out. And what really helps out is like doing occasional workouts, sports, going cycling and stuff. That really makes you feel a lot better. <laughs> Like, I don't know, I think, I feel like the, your mental health is very much dependent on your physical health, um, which we can also talk about, sports and stuff then. <laughs> um, and yes. Yeah, and, and overall, um, what, like in that whole consulting thing, we have various meetings that last several hours. <laughs> um, and... Yay. <laughs> There, there's like one guy who always offers um, meditations in between like uh, five minutes to just relax a bit, calm down and stuff. <laughs> and damn, that's so helpful. I, I don't know why. It, it just helps you to focus. Your head doesn't hurt anymore. You can just calm down, relax. Your muscles are relaxed. Um, I think meditation is something that's very useful that I'm not practicing enough to be honest, to just Same not think about yeah. anything, <laughs> to disconnect from my my happiness and stuff from all those external needs and just be in the moment a bit more. Like, like you know, you know the, that inner peace uh, Buddhist monk <laughs> image <laughs> that I have inside of, my, of myself right now, That that's something that's actually worth striving for a bit more there. Just take five minutes out of each day and do your meditation think that's all also scientifically proven that it helps it and stuff yes. i mean i guess you i guess you know more about that yes. <laughs> neuroscience and psychology <laughs> we, we actually had it in uh, some of our tutorials um that uh, you know the basically the most well i wouldn't say most research but kind of that uh, people that psychology like it, it comes up in every psychology course like our prefrontal cortex that's when like the 
the human human part. That's what other animals don't really have, and uh, well, at least smaller. That is like the executive <laughs> function, the control, the planning, the yeah, um, decision making. That that's what that's responsible for. And uh, actually, med- mindfulness meditation increases the cognitive control. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our attention span and stuff is quite reduced nowadays. Oh God, yeah. TikTok, <laughs> Tinder, <laughs> <laughs> cringe. You know what I'm, 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 I'm referring to there. Yeah. <laughs> Intervention. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, but I, yeah. No, I do practicing focus and stuff. You know, very useful. <laughs> you know, I tend to be someone who overthinks a lot and just like. I have a super active mind, which which helps me a lot, I think. So I don't want to entirely get rid of it because I'm not sure if that's actually true. But I just feel like it helps me in, you know, like solving problems and staying on top of my tasks. Because, the, you know, if my if my um, if my mind was a browser, there are like always 20 tabs open. <laughs> and yeah, damn, yeah. you seem so reflected at, <laughs> in this podcast already. <laughs> And I'm just like, I, I don't know how you do it. You sort your thoughts so clearly and put them out so clearly. And I'm like all over the place at, <laughs> at this point in time. And yeah, well. Thanks a lot. Uh, Respect. It's, Respect. It's sadly, well, it, it, it kind of only uh, holds true for things that are like about other things. Because when it comes to myself and, you know, my personal stuff, which, you know, I I tend to be well i i'm also reflected but it just is also all over the place and it's it's really crazy sometimes and i i overthink so much and right now you know i'm now here in maastricht i live here for probably the next three four or five years whatever and quite some time yes and you know now i mean in school it was always you were walking towards a goal and now basically you well at least i you know i have all of that and now it's just wow, it's so much time, you know, it's the next 50 years of my life in front of me. And basically, I mean, of course I have goals and stuff, but it's just so much time and I never really thought about it. And just the prospect of just having to live one day after the other, it's really hard for me right now. So I think mindfulness would just help a lot. Just, you know, closing a few of those tabs that are always running and just, (laughs) yeah. But, but you have to be open consistent. up the task manager yes. forcefully shut them down a bit yes. but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah you have to be really consistent because i mean if i meditate like i don't know for a few days it's it's good it's getting better but you know if you stop again or if you miss a few times it's it's all back to the craziness yeah the difficulty of building habits <laughs> <laughs> we have whole podcast episodes about that <laughs> too damn i feel we have like uh, covered a lot of topics already there <laughs> um would you mind if we get back to the bushcraft a bit more no um how how do you get your information on how to do stuff i mean i guess back in the days um your <laughs> the ancient days <laughs> Your 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 fellow uh, survivalist friends, uh, human friends, Neanderthal friends, taught you a lot about that. There was probably some very wise old tribe person <laughs> that knew a lot about plants and healing and <laughs> religion and stuff. How how do you teach yourself that? So um, nowadays, I I wouldn't really consider myself an expert because uh, yes, my my boyfriend he's into that and he got me into it and. 
basically that's where I get most of my information. Although there are some really nice YouTube channels out there and also some books uh, that can teach you more about it. Um, but yes, as with the cave people, I get my information from um, other people, people close to me. And uh, well, maybe I can say like how he gets his information. So um, basically just a huge interest in, interest in plants, which I don't have. But it's it's really essential. I can't differentiate <laughs> that many plants. It's so sad if you look out. It's just green and it's growing. Yeah. I don't know how it's called. You know, I can <laughs> I can so tell a tree from a bush, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but well, there's a fine line. <laughs> it's it's actually really like if you practice bushcraft, it's it's kind of important. At least if you want to practice it well, let's say it this way. You know, everybody can go out there and cut down some trees or take some dead wood and build a shelter or something. But if you really want to live with nature, you kind of have to know what plants to eat, what plants not to eat, also important. <laughs> what plants not to Trial touch, and error. also important. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, also what you can use for building material or medicine or whatever. Like there's so much out there and most of us nowadays know nothing about it. I would count myself into that. I don't know a lot about it. Um, but I, I think it's, it's really interesting. And um, it's just like, I'm I just not that huge of a fan of plants and I don't get to do it that much. Maybe later on, you know, in my future when I live in my wood cabin, which is my dream kind of, you know, I will probably learn mm. more about it if you live close to it. But yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, to me at least it seems like this huge parallel parallel world reality thing which you haven't had that much contact with uh, since basically you were a child. <laughs> Because we, well, we got school and we got university and all that business stuff and whatever's going on. <laughs> and and we don't we don't focus on the roots there too much. Yes. Uh, on the roots in the literal sense. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> well yeah, actually, yeah. I think that's, at least for some people, I mean, not everywhere, not always, uh, Corona did something good because... At least I took on the habit of going for walks. And mm. many people did. At least now I basically always go on walks with my friends. Like also now when I'm going back home, I have like five people I'm just meeting to go for a walk. And of course, you know, it's not bushcraft, but not everybody has to do bushcraft. And the bushcrafters that are already there will hate you if everybody does it because the forests sure, will get crowded sure. and it's also not for everyone. Yeah. And Seven billion yeah. people take up a lot of space. Yes. You know? <laughs> Or 8 billion people. <laughs> yeah. But just, you know, yeah. getting out, getting fresh air, it's, it's important. Kind of brings mm -hmm. us to the topic of sports and stuff. You also already wrote some sort of thesis about, <laughs> about boxing and reaction time and stuff. Um, you've, I, I guess I'm allowed to share that. <laughs> you, you have been in a boxing club and stuff. Um, You've you you are currently doing uh, I don't know how it's called in English actually like that that uh, athletic uh, oh, oh calisthenics <laughs> explain it calisthenics yes. yeah yes. stuff like that what well, what apparently you seem to value sports a lot do we want to go more into that like <laughs> what what value do you derive from it um, and I know that you are doing it to a very big extent in comparison to other people who also do more or less sports <laughs> well i think 
the the gateway kind of to a healthy and happy mind and in general just person is also a healthy body because honestly you know did you quote my did you quote me just right now <laughs> maybe i did <laughs> i'm not sure i mentioned that a bit earlier no <laughs> my working memory is not that good no. <laughs> oh. um, be the processor and not the, the hard drive <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, the topic course I have right now, but uh, yeah, sports. Mm. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it is really important to me, and I can't say that uh, I only do it or it's only important to me because of the benefits. But well, of course, that's also a benefit. But it's just it's just a hobby that makes me really happy. And as uh, Yasin said before, you know, just detaching and not thinking about things for a while. And, you know, just working with yourself, working with your body and uh, realizing what you're capable of, what you're not yet capable of. You know, you also feel your limitations. And, um, yeah, as, as you said, you know, I well, I actually started out with playing soccer for eight years. And um, then I went off to studying boxing and kickboxing, which I've done for like five years now. And for the past year, I've gone more into like different forms of training. I wouldn't even dare to put a really a name on it it's just like different stuff all mixed together like a mix of like calisthenics gymnastics movement training whatever and also martial arts um because i am i'm not a really competitive person so i'm not striving to compete in any sport i did that with soccer and yeah it's just not really my thing well, with boxing i never did sadly but um Nowadays, for me, it's more about being healthy and being happy in your body and actually feeling good about yourself. You know, when you walk down the street, you know, you know, you could run, you could jump, you could crawl, whatever, and just, yeah. You could punch someone <laughs> straight enough. <in> <laughs> mm -hmm. Because I, mm -hmm. I think nowadays many yeah. people, they really have, like, problems with that. You know, they get out of bed, they're hurting. Not that I don't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, I'm still not exactly where I want to be, but uh, that, that would be the goal, you know, and it's actually, it has also a lot of benefits for the brain. I, I did an assignment on that where you could choose the topic and uh, yeah, so it's it's very beneficial for the brain. It actually uh, just like normal, either aerobic uh, exercise, but also strength training, um, it can like prevent shrinking of the hippocampus while well, it kind of grows it, but uh, um, it kind of, you know, in, in Alzheimer's, for example, uh, the hippocampus kind of shrinks by 2% and uh, sports can actually make it like grow by, yeah, 1%, 2%. So you, you're doing really good stuff for your whole cardiovascular system, your whole brain and your happiness as well. Because, yeah. So size matters in the brain. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> actually, number matters. It's more, it's more about the number of neurons, actually. Mm. Well, I think they're interconnectedness. Yes, but yeah. some, some. I mean, some species have bigger brains, but you know, smaller number of neurons. They just have bigger mm. neurons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our brain is quite big in comparison to our body. I think. <laughs> mm. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward silence. <again. laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, do you do you follow any training plans or just do you just 
go whatever you feel like <laughs> go for whatever you feel like ah uh, yeah i have training pl training plans i actually make them for other people sometimes because i do have some Damn. kind of experience in that and you know like some knowledge about how to construct them um actually these days um i'm usually just having fun <laughs> So um, I, I have a plan on what to do on what days because it's important to also get your rest. I'm not always following the rule I just said, but you should. <laughs> and uh, mm. rest is important because uh, muscle growth happens in your rest and not, uh, yeah, well, it does during your workout. You just rip them, but then they grow during your rest time. Um, but so I split kind of the things up that I do. So like gymnastics, strength training and or like boxing training and cardio. Um, but these days my workouts are mostly just what I feel like because it feels really good to to go with what my body feels like right now. You know, where I'm tight and I do some more stretching or I feel like, I don't know, my, my shoulder is kind of making some problems and then I do some mobility work with my shoulder. And um, also here in Maastricht, I've got some people that I can meet up with and We've been getting into some movement training, you know, this animal flow movement kind of thing. And <laughs> I just started like, I don't know, three weeks ago or something with it, or four weeks ago. And we've been doing it once a week. And oh my God, this is so hard. You know, you see the sequence, we watch the YouTube video and it, it looks so easy. You're basically just going around on the ground. And we saw it like once we were like, just okay. Just like everything on social yeah. media. <laughs> But, and you do it and... It's so hard and it hurts so much. It's it's really it's really amazing. Mm. So yeah, I'm I'm never gonna again judge some sports person that doesn't look like he's super trained. But um, yeah, if they do something like this, yeah, that, that it's it's a it's a good thing. So it takes a lot of coordination. Um, if you say you are doing it more or less intuitively there, then is it is it hard to stick to that habit of getting yourself out of bed <laughs> and do the stuff because i personally i guess i'd have many problems with that if i didn't make it a habit um let's say like moving is kind of a habit so i i know mm. that uh, actually for me my body just tells me if i you know sometimes i skip like two days or something and then my body tells me oh my god girl you have to move now because <laughs> stuff is getting tight don't don't leave me like that And, um, yeah, so it's kind of, um, I don't feel good when I'm not moving. And sometimes I, I might miss a few days because, yeah, also I sometimes don't feel like it. And I also feel you shouldn't, I mean, of course you should force yourself sometimes because that's what discipline is all about. And But sometimes you can also just let it go. You know, yesterday I ordered pizza and got myself some Coke and, yeah, that, that's also fine. But uh, today will be different. and. Just try to make yourself better every day. And if, if some days, you know, it's not like it, that's fine. But um, yeah, um, I think just for rec as a recommendation, when you start out, it's better to have a plan. Like plans really work and start off like with a small plan, not, you know, one hour workout, but just like a 10 minute thing twice a day or so. Mini habits. There we go. Yeah. Awesome. Um, in general, When it comes to habits and sticking to stuff um, and discipline and all of that, are you someone who considers themselves as very disciplined, doesn't need any external system to keep sticking to stuff? Or 
how are you going about it? Because apparently, as, as far as what we heard right now, you are doing quite a lot of things, psychology studying, sports and stuff. <laughs> You're participating at podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to get out of bed, believe me. <laughs> mm, you already wrote me this morning. Damn, I made it out of bed <laughs> just for you. <laughs> Very thankful for that, by the way. Yes, sure, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I do not really consider myself to be exceptionally well-disciplined. Um, however, I mostly do things that I like. And if I set myself a goal, I will usually reach it. Of course, so, you know, it's something that sometimes other factors play into, but it's something that I can do, you know, I don't know, finishing a course, finishing a book doing sports that's something that is completely and entirely in my control and then I will do it and also you know for university reading the stuff uh, finishing assignments on time that's I always do that and I never ever struggle with these things because if I have like a set deadline or set thing that is has to be done by like I don't know by the next day or something then that's no problem um but Sometimes it is hard to keep track of all these things, especially, you know, I mean, you guys know, you know, if you live alone and uh, have to also organize what uh, food to cook, what food to buy, uh, <laughs> keeping your apartment clean. Pasta, obviously, and pizza, you know. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I usually cook, so yesterday was actually yeah. the, the first time in my whole student life that I ordered pizza, so. Well, <laughs> was it worth it? <laughs> yeah it was good i still have half of it so i don't eat that lot <laughs> i never ordered anything yet yeah. <laughs> quite proud of that yeah it's good <laughs> trying to cook myself it's not really worth it honestly i, I think it's um mm. just if you're really stressed out i suppose yes <laughs> i mean or if you want to treat yourself for me it was more a treat like yeah when i'm stressed i i eat bread <laughs> <laughs> Only specific, but okay. <laughs> Don't quote me on that, please. Next time, <laughs> ne next time you're stressed, then I know what to do. It's not <laughs> here. It's not get, because here it's you have good a lot of stress. stress. <laughs> it's uh, it's more because that's what I usually always have there, and putting some butter mm. on the bread is not that hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bread is some, some go-to thing as well. Especially if I'm like very lazy, don't want to buy grocery or anything. I can just go to the other side of the street and there's a bakery and <laughs> just get myself bread. <laughs> or, or like potatoes you can also easily make. Just make them by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy them. Nice, nice. Um, does that also work, like that whole productivity stuff, does that also work out for you for open-ended things <laughs> because um okay well for, for a thesis might still apply because it has a deadline and stuff but at least for things that you can't quite grasp and that can be open-ended that you can apply infinitely much work into that one how do you get yourself to work on that because that can be very overwhelming at least from my experience yeah it's true like uh, for me the thing that is that comes to mind when you talk about something like this is uh, writing for me because I love writing oh, yeah. and it's hard to keep up with uh, but keep up with blog posts. <laughs> yes, but still I, I don't do it even half as much as I like to do and I struggle with it. Um but what what usually helps is just basically setting myself 
either a deadline deadline doesn't really work with that I, I don't trust myself but um it's more like you know for right now I'm going home in two weeks nearly two weeks and um so I, I made myself a list of all the things I want to do before I go home so I I kind of have these little milestones in my life you know I don't know for me it's going home I don't know a finishing a period in my uh studies and we we have periods here it's different like yeah no mm-hmm. semesters and uh, something like this and that helps me because uh, now I'm motivated you know to I'm always motivated to get stuff off my table table and to finish off stuff but you know things that take a very very long time it's it's hard because you know it will take a very long time to to take it off <laughs> that was also so annoying for me like when we had to do the thesis we were uh, in, in the same school we had to do some thesis there <laughs> when every week at all time there was like finished thesis finished thesis yeah. <laughs> in your in your task list and it never got away <laughs> What I do then is just, you know, put it into smaller chunks. Like, I don't know if I'm mm, writing in some, some big next. piece. Like, I don't know, I, I wanted to start it and get a bit into, like, bigger writing projects. And then it's just, you know, write one chapter or something. And, um, yeah, it's I, I tend to over-organize things, which also helps me then later on. Uh, so before I even start, I organized it, like, five times and went through it in my head and stuff. But then when I actually do it, it takes me a lot less time. So I, I'm, I wouldn't say it's, it's wasted time. Awesome. Um, I see right now that we are already quite far into our episode here. Are you open for recording another part of this? <laughs> Or how much time do you have available? Um, I, yeah, I have some more time, so um, it would be fine. Okay, then I'd say we make this the first part of our... <laughs> Uh, yeah, podcast episode with you. Um, again, guys, you can find her down in the description. Uh, her blog, her Instagram, which apparently she's not that active anymore. But maybe I'll know. get back to it. I'm not sure yet, but mm. yeah. Um, other than that, um, it's already been very much of a pleasure of having you around, Hannah, and of having you guys out there around. Um, Thanks for having <laughs> stick me. Stick around, around. Yeah, sure enough, you're very interesting. I mean, you've got so much to tell about the brain and neuroscience and it's been very insightful already, for me at least. Hope for you out there as well. Um, If you enjoyed it, subscribe. You know, the typical stuff that everyone says at the end of a video or whatever. (laughs) And if you really liked it, stick out around for the second part, which will be probably uploaded next week then or already with this part. We'll figure that out. Bye-bye, guys.